on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Hollywood Already Did It, your weekly, again, we're back. Movies are coming out every week. Loki is almost here. Every week we have new episodes. If this is your first time on the show, then what you should know is that we are a weekly movie podcast that focuses specifically on reboots, remakes, sequels, and adaptations, and whether or not those things needed to be done and how they do compared to their source material. If there's a reason why we keep redoing the same ideas over and over again, or if we're just in it for the money. Who isn't in it for the money? That's so why we all have GameStop and AMC stock. It's always a part of it. <laughs> Everyone's in that for the money. No one believes in GameStop as a company. They just want some quick cash. Yes. This week is a little bit different as we are coming off Memorial Day weekend. We had two movies come out. And instead of giving you two episodes, we are going to do a quick double feature of A Quiet Place 2 and of Cruella, which means we'll go over both movies quickly, talk about some common themes, how they are adaptations of their own properties and IPs. And the box office is back, so we'll try to talk quickly about that. And we'll try to do all of that in a brisk hour, the average time in American commutes, or is that the gym? So it's on you now. If you're at the gym and you don't leave, and this podcast isn't over when you leave, you you messed up. (laughs) And I'm talking active working out. I don't want you standing by the drinking fountain for 30 minutes because the bench press machine is taken. Just do some butterfly reps. You can move on to the next one and come back. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Talk to a new person. Get in between reps. Get it figured out. Anyways, we're going to kick this off with A Quiet Place 2. Terrence, what did you think? Also, I'm your host, Blake Schultz, and Terrence Tatum is my co-host. Terrence, what did you think of A Quiet Place 2? Oh, man. Um, a delight. It was it was a really good time to be... I'm, I'm glad the theaters are open, because I would have hated to see this film at home, but I really, really enjoyed this movie. It's surprising. This is one of the few times where I'm like, I can go either way, whether the first is better than the second or the second is better than the first. I think they're real close. The only reason I always give the edge to the first is just because original um and there's just a lot of the rules and reg, uh ideas and rules that are set in that are piggyback and expounded upon upon this but that being with set, said I, this was this was amazing and another one of those brisk walks where it's only an hour and a half and you're like oh you get in get out and it just gives you the bang for the buck i thoroughly enjoyed this movie and i love i don't know if we will talk about it if they continue on i love that the focus of who you're lead character is completely shifted and i love how we who we shifted to and how we shifted there because i think it's genius to go to the 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 little girl and then i mentioned this on the youtube thing when i talked about it like one of my favorite parts that is just a a super well done thing that you don't think about is one of the scenes where uh our lead character is in peril we're hearing the sound via how the audience would hear it and for a brief moment i forgot that that character was deaf and I'm like, oh crap, she can't hear that she is now in danger. Stuff like that is just so genius. And I'm like, how oh, they keep doing fresh things that are, it seems like this could get old hat really fast, but they always keep you on your toes. And it's a really well, Krasinski, chef's kiss, well done. Yeah, I think it's going to be really hard for the Last of Us HBO show to do anything that these movies haven't done. As soon as she went to that train and like looked out into us, like, oh, this is Last of Us. Oh, they're going to have a hard- Oh, it's been- <laughs> been that way since the first one i remember when everyone was all oh it's a new sound based creature and i was like you play video games you fools (laughs) we've been here for years yeah i agree with everything you said i love this movie front to back 
Uh, I think it does a great job in the horror genre of not falling into a lot of cliches you you see, especially in a sequel. We see a lot of interesting scares, not necessarily jump scares. It's very tense. You're grabbed the same way you were last time. The intercutting of the two stories and even having parallel shots of what's going on, them picking up guns and aiming it and everyone's agency and motivation was very clear and crisp in it. I thought they did a great job of keeping a lot of characters moving and in line and never really contradicting each other. And starting on day one, just made you go crazy. This insane space landing phenomena, you know what's going yeah. on. It's, it's so well done. I love that the movies open literally at the same location, just at very different times. Well, oh, that's pretty, that's pretty damn genius. I love it. And seeing it, what's crazy, you and I always talk about this. Whenever we do stuff that shows like sort of a prequel, it usually sort of the bite is taken out of it because you're like, oh, I know these guys are going to be fine. Not in that case. That opening sequence was so just in your face, balls to the wall. I, like, I know these guys are going to be fine, but what the hell is happening right now? Well, they did a great job, I think, of showing a very real version of how that would be the confusion followed by people figuring it out, followed by people praying, doing everything they would do normally. You, the panic, I think mm -hmm. that uh, we have not seen in real life since March 13th of really how that grocery store is going to look when everyone's going crazy and how everything's going to be and how quickly it really all does shut down. And even the timeline now, makes a lot of sense. You're like, oh, it's been like a year and a half. Except that seems right. This all seems fair. And yes. you're right. This was a movie going experience. And while it will be on Paramount Plus in 45 days, the 90 day release window is dead. You can wait. It really coalesces in that audio and it keeps you enthralled. I feel like this is one where you don't really want distractions. You want to be in this moment, you want to be in as tense and focused as you can be. And, you know, John Krasinski has made some of the best Jurassic Park movies since Jurassic Park 1, it would seem, <laughs> to quote my roommate who's made that joke. But in, it, front to back, very good. I loved where we put everybody. And I think, you know, when we talk about whether or not this movie needed to get made, and then if it really did it, did we feel satisfied at the end of the first one and some of the pratfalls of other horror sequels? I think the real difference is that usually a horror sequel gets bigger in mm -hmm. the context of its deaths, in the context of you look at the Saw franchise, which started as this intimate, tense, scary cop thriller horror world and by the fourth fifth movie we're shoving we're giant iv needles into people's necks we're doing and like you know what how can we get rid of the most amount of people let's have an entire maze with seven people like oh, okay we're i guess freezing naked women and drowning people in <laughs> yeah. pig guts and popping ripping their chests out and instead of really focusing on making those themes and ideas bigger that franchise just made the gore bigger and Larger. bigger and bigger yeah. and you know normally in a slasher movie it's it's a higher body count and they're just somewhere else and this movie takes i think the idea of getting bigger and builds a world instead yeah. and shows you how this would affect a lot of people we're leaving the cabin that we're in the farm i guess cabin farm same context that we see in the beginning at the end of the first one we now know how to defeat the monsters and it is now the, how, the state of the East Coast. So we don't even still know what the West Coast how looks like. How far this has gone to the way. 
Um, yeah, I mean, the, the, the premise of this is basically we're going to take what we learned in that, at the end of the first one and is there a way to replicate this or make this larger to, to save a couple more folks? Um, but I love that it's so intimate. It does do the sequel thing, which I think is fine because it doesn't take the, the horror sequel trope of let's make everything bigger, higher body count. It just takes the normal sequel trope. It's like, all right, let's take all of our main characters and split them apart from each other. We Empire Strikes Backed it. Right, which is great. Um, if you're going to... If you're going to follow one that is a good one to follow you know if you're going to take cues take them from star wars and jurassic park every studio's been saying it for years yeah um and i think that's why that that worked because at the end of this when it was over i was like i love this and then i started thinking i was like wait the body count on this is really low they're not that many but i don't care because i still had a damn good time in this well, it's low until that third Until act. that <laughs> then, <laughs> then it's open season Correct. for a while. But, you know, that's the other thing it did well is we start introducing new characters, but we let the audience infer a lot of what I think would have been cliche tropes. We don't need to meet cannibals and have a monologue from one of them about how when society crumbled, we figured out that we have to just be in it for each other and blah. We just meet some people. We've seen other movies. We can assume that these people are probably up to no good. They're probably yeah. eating each they, other. Correct. And then, you know, you add new elements. Can the creatures swim? Can we get, what can we do with that? How can we make something scary that we now know how to beat scarier? And how do we make that win? We have this very Bioshock audio cue of across the sea to come to the island where it doesn't exist. But what happens when one of them finds its way there? Which I was stunned that this island has no, there's not just like one guy walking around with a gun ready to go. Yeah, I was like, that was, that's the, the thing that was a little odd about that island. It's like, no one's prepped. Because uh, I feel like just in case, you guys have all seen what happens on the other side of that. You just in case, Let's still have one at the ready, or at least somebody in the tower. Someone like, look, let's take ships. No, they're like, we're good. Everything's fine here. Yeah, and I think we did a lot of good world building while still keeping the intimacy of the first movie alive. You know, we are locked in a room with the wife and the son, and that's very quiet place. One, it is. We're back in there. We figured out how to raise the stakes with this automated safe. We've, you know, we're counting down to the one figuring out how does it hear them? When is it blind? What can we do with sprinklers, with alarms, with gasoline, with just the heat, the idea of oxygen? Uh, we showcase a lot of what other people are going through. How are they acting in this world? We have bear traps and other accoutrements of hunting <laughs> wildlife and you know, the other one's a very straight shot to the island. We're going to turn it on. We're going to blow them all up, Mars attack style, once they all hear that audio. It's yeah. going to be great. We're taking a lot of cues from 90s movies. I'm a, I'm a fan of any alien that dies like in Mars Attacks. I think all you're missing now is a boxer and Vegas. <laughs> that is that is true. That is true. And we get another one of those shortcut, like the quick cut ends that, that this series is sort of now becoming with like, all right, well, Final shot, and we're out. Uh, well, and I, I'm, I dig that, actually. The ending is interesting because it both concludes the story and insists upon a third one. Correct. Because, you know, major spoilers, these, this crew does not get back together at the end. We turn right. on the radio station. In theory, a lot of these things are dropping. 
they get out of their you know oven everybody's got oxygen the baby is safe the son is safe mom is safe and yet they're now separated by a great distance there's a lot of space between them (laughs) and you know we don't know the rest of the world i mean you could open up a quiet place three and just say you know the military's been making their way from california they've almost caught up to you if you can make it through this next 150 monsters right you're home free yeah and does this world change now that you've gotten rid of like you've used this sound to get rid of this version or some of these people does it become a little bit more dangerous because now the predator is gone the prey that was there is now kind of roaming around and doing some crazy shit themselves it could be interesting yeah i mean i'm i'm so down for more we we've shown that john krasinski not unlike other comedian to horror directors just understands what he's made I think there's a lot more to do in this world. I, there's a lot more to see from these characters. And, you know, I feel like thematically, and we're going to talk a lot more about this one core idea after our second movie too, but the idea of lineage in this movie is done in such a unique way because we know who everybody is. Everyone's trying to not necessarily replace a father figure, but we're seeing the father in the kids and all of the good qualities and it's all there. They're all the same. They've learned the right lessons. We don't have any, you know, like shock twist endings, but it's still very much about this father relationship. Correct. And what's crazy is that now, especially if you watch them together and pair them, because you realize that the daughter in that frame, she and her father were were very much not together. They they didn't, they were on the same page. She didn't think he he loved her anymore. And you get the end where he says, I do. But what's crazy in this is you open up and you see that it's a simple thing. It's a simple thing that parents and, and, and uncles and aunts and grandparents will get. But when you're separating kids and like, all right, we're going to take this car and you're going to take this car. She has a daughter who's very much a daddy's girl because she's like, I'm going with that. And she's like, all right, well, cool. And you're going to go with that. That simple thing just shows you that if she had a choice, she was going to be with her father. So you know her not having her father in this and how much, how poorly she treated her dad before he was dead has been weighing on her pretty heavily over these last couple of hours because it's not that much time that passes. But it's been sitting on her. So now she's like, I have to do this thing to to show honor to my dad who I kind of treated like a hot garbage for the last years of his life. (laughs) She didn't know. I yeah, mean, <laughs> we wouldn't have had that great moment in the movie. That's true. That's and isn't true. that what fatherhood's really about? <laughs> you, you're gonna have a great moment you get cinematic out. moments, <laughs> right? But that's a quiet place too. I think when we're speaking on the show's thesis of whether or not we needed this, did we keep going? And in a way, you know, we need anything to get back to the movies right now. Yeah. We need anything of quality. We need to see something that right now changes the way we consume. We've seen that we can just get Cruella on streaming, that we can watch Army of the Dead on Netflix, The Conjuring 3 on HBO Max. And some of these movies might be better that way. I have an AMCA list, so I'm saving money when I see Cruella in a theater. That's not the case, especially if you're a family of five. Of five, yeah, that was the same way with me. I was like, well, I'm not gonna purchase this Cruella because I have the AMC pass. I'm I'm already spent the money, so I'm just gonna go watch it. Uh, Right, and I think it's good to have movies, especially in one of the the first three-day weekend as cases go down, still during COVID. I'm not ready to say post-pandemic yet. There's still cases. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, Our our biggest release 
uh, both the movies are the widest releases we've seen. Theaters are at at least 50% to 25% capacity. Some parts of the country full capacity. We needed something that we could market as only a theater experience. And I think this was that movie. Even yeah. more than like a giant IP like Fast 9. I think Fast 9's got the community and we'll all talk and we'll have fun. It'll be rowdy. And, you know, there's going to be an Avengers movie and everyone loves that video of that hammer getting picked up and everyone cheering. Like it's game five of 1996 Bulls. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. but this is something that you can't replicate at home. You just can't do no. it. No. Um, it, it's funny because it's actually a little creepier. I obviously in the theaters now you're still, you, you pick your seat and you're kind of checkerboarded off where there's nothing around you. I think it's actually crazy to be in a theater that the sound is doing as much as, and there's still, you can't actually see people directly in your lineages. And you're kind of like, oh, I'm in this theater by myself. And this shit is crazy. No, it really, you know, audio design. I've been playing Resident Evil Village and Returnal with those 3D with the, headphones yeah. for the PlayStation and it changes the game. <laughs> That's how I felt watching A Quiet Place 2. I was like looking around and trying to yeah. figure out what was where. But now let's talk about a movie that you could have seen at home. <laughs> the other big movie this week, the, I don't know, 10th live action Disney remake. Uh, yeah, I don't. I, I, you want to count things like know. Alice in Wonderland? Is this Maleficent it. and all that? It's counting. All right, sure. Fine. Right. Yeah. You know, we can, we can go all the way back to the first 101 Dalmatians. Right. Glenn Close. <laughs> right. Uh, a movie that I we I would love to talk more about. I watched it right before we went to see Cruella. What a oh, nice. we just don't direct movies that way anymore. That movie's fun. We don't pretend things are cartoons when they're live action yeah. anymore. Yeah. What did you think of Cruella? So this was a movie that I did not see the need for. Uh, a Quiet Place Two was probably in that that ballpark too, just the way that that ended. But I'm glad we got it. But this was one I was like, why are we doing this? Hey guys, stop remaking every single thing. We don't need it. I don't need an Ursula spinoff. I don't need. I don't need this. Uh, and about 15 minutes into the, the theater, the thought of like, oh, why are we doing this? Just went away. And I was like, I am having a damn blast in this thing. This is fun. And I just stopped caring. I was like, I there's so much. It's can't. It's vampy. It's can't be a stylized but it is glorious all of everything from start to finish of this film is a treat and there are moments when i'm just sit there and i'm i am in awe because i've always been an emma stone fan but i'm in awe of this just the small things that she does with her face her, her mannerisms and just when she gets into full cruella mode i'm like i am i am here for all of this this is why i'm here yeah i was sold on the trailer when we got that hot topic pop punk <laughs> Cruella DeVille trailer, I just knew I was going to have a blast. <laughs> that we found the one way you could take something that I just didn't think we needed at all. Because, you know, I don't... Villain movies are hard because they're villains. Right. And when you look at, you know, the Joker and you go, well, you know, we had this other version of them, society, blah, 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 blah. But we forgot to have a good theme. And now we're getting a sequel to the Joker. And I just am like, well, now he's just a criminal, right? He's just right. Now he's just bad. You know, you have this <laughs> same problem with, with Venom, who's eating people, but trying to be an anti-hero. We have Morbius coming out. We have Craven and... It, it's not even a lack of the heroes that bothers me with these movies. It's that we have to now find a way to make people who are instinctively doing terrible things 
relatable human and understandable right. yeah and i just don't need to understand no you some give, of these people you give an uh an excuse or a a cherry way out for psych psychos and i'm like well then i think we're doing a disservice to just everyone here i mean even when we started making magneto good in these later x-men movies a part of me was like i get it but yeah he it's magneto <laughs> i mean Sometimes I I want to say sometimes it works, but I just haven't really seen it coalesce in a way that isn't like an anti-hero like Deadpool, who's like doing good things through different means. Through his, through his own means, like Punisher falls, falls in that category too. But then you give me like Kylo, like yeah, he murdered he murdered his dad. I don't care what you try to do in this back end, that's still there. Well, that's a much longer conversation of just like redemption because you do mm -hmm. have to look at some of these people and you go, well, we brought back Darth Vader. Well, he died. He died. Well, we brought back Kylo Ren. He died. Yeah. A lot of these people pay for their crimes with their lives once they see the light. Because right. it would be really hard for him to have landed on Indoor and been like, what up, guys? Hey, guys. I'm, I'm so sorry about Biggs and Wedge <laughs> and, and Obi-Wan and the children. Oh, you don't <laughs> even know about the children. But Cruella then tried to build it out in this very weird, like, she, they didn't say she was bipolar or schizophrenic, but they kept doing this dual personality yeah. who's locked away. But I also really liked it. It took me a while to get past the childhood stuff. That's where I was like, we can speed it up. I don't need all of this. I was surprised it went but, on for as long as it did. It's about a good 25 minutes. It's of the, a lot the of the movie. Yeah. And I just didn't need all of that. I wanted Emma Stone. I wanted the needle drops. I wanted the dope costumes Those and production needle design. drops. I know it's Disney and they have money to do whatever, but these needle drops they got in this were flawless. Like whoever was picking music, kudos to you. I loved it. I, I love that era. I love that music. I love that style. And they nailed everything. Yeah. We're seeing someone use fashion as a weapon and thematically prove like the the idea of the younger generation clashing with the older generation and this yeah. need for change through a revenge story which i don't think i've ever really seen before it's unfortunate that the other giant twist in the movie i have seen before a thousand times yeah i uh, in that you know we reveal spoilers that the the baroness is of course the birth mother to cruella and that's why she's so evil right it's a, if, if you remember that old simpsons episode of the treehouse of horror where there's an evil twin and dr hibbert's like well there's an evil gene hitler had it walt disney has it and bart has it not that i think bart and walt disney have it but that was the bit uh and I'm just thinking about that scene in this movie. And I'm like, that's how they explained this. Yeah, it was, it's, it's weird. It's very on the nose. I, did, I won't say that I did not see it quite coming, but when it happened, I'm like, oh, well, of course, that's just the very easy way. But I, the fact that it was sort of merged together with this weird devil that wears Prada's type story, I was like, all right, I'll, I'll give you a pass because it is sort of being merged with this other style film. And I will say that the, the monologue that, Emma gives to the fountain makes it kind of like yeah. all right fine you get a pass <laughs> it was great I mean yeah. Disney's been obsessed with parental stories Correct. longer than the Greek gods of old <laughs> did you know you were related to Zeus he used to just come down here and run game on Bang. mortals <laughs> right <laughs> and it has caused some problems <laughs> 
but everything else in the movie, I, I loved her performances. I loved all of the other side characters. I thought everybody was great. But you're right. There is a like, do we need to keep Disney? Do we need to keep doing this? And I don't know the answer to that because the answer that, is no, of course not. Right. Unless you want to make money. <laughs> Correct. And it's money. And then every now and then you'll get one, something like this, where you're like, oh, that that was really well done. But for this, you have to sift through the Lion Kings and the Aladdin's where you're like, oh, we're just doing a one-to-one -one copy of whatever we did before. This one's like, oh, you did something new, still not necessary. But now you're going to get the, the you feel the, the comfort to be like, ah, oh, we can do this seven more times. This is at least a new take for an audience that I don't think has anything else like this. I don't think, and I could be wrong because I don't really consume a lot of YA fashion-based material. Right. But I have to assume that there isn't any um, old school punk rock revenge like devil wears Prada female-led yeah. <laughs> I don't think that... I don't think so, that exists. <laughs> you know, it, it definitely fills a hole. You know, every generation needs their better version of the Joker so that they are equipped to debate with people our age about why that movie was unnecessary and flawed. Right. <laughs> and let me tell you, they will they will not stop. No. Um, but here we are. <laughs> but then, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't really add much to 101 Dalmatians. I was never really like, why is this Cruella person so mean? I was always just like, this is how fashion people are. Right. You know, I'm a um, vegetarian. I care about animal rights. I just assume that everybody making coats is like this. It's an interesting movie because, I mean, it has a lot of like little subtle nods here and there to a lot of the 101, whether it be animated or film wise uh, uh, films. But what's crazy is that they, they in a roundabout way make it almost seem like Cruella is putting on the affectation of being a villain so that the world sees her as that, even though sometimes she's not as bad. Because look, we don't get to Cruella's like, I'm going to skin me some dogs. Because uh, then I don't know if you can really make a film off of that. Because we know one thing that the world hates more than uh, just straight up cycles than anybody harming a dog. So like well, if she Terrence, was straight up she killing dogs. She gifts Dalmatians to the main characters, characters of 101 who, Dalmatians. Who she's supposed to take and, them away from. Am I now led to believe that, these that she's like trying to create a meat cute for these characters so that these dogs will breed? And then so that she can them. murder skin and distribute them? Is that like that's what she's I'm either, led to she's either not evil enough to become the Glenn Close Cruella or the animated right. Cruella, or, or she she's so evil. Right. <laughs> she is demonically evil. If she is like, here, take these dogs, become in love with them, have them have kids, and then I will murder them all. Because you know that that was my one thing when we got that stinger. I was like, oh, that's cute, but isn't she like wait, are we just in a new world? Right. That's what I kind of think. I don't necessarily know if this is a one-to-one -one where she's going to. Well, I don't. I mean, and I, and the I, and first movie took place in like the forties. right? And honestly, I think just the way that this ends and how much I love the way that this style is going, I don't necessarily know if I want them to continue. If they do a second one, I don't want them to go on. To no, do I don't. One -on -one. What, what I want would them you to, do? Yeah, I'd I'd rather because I love the tit tit for tat that Emma 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 have with each other. I'd rather the, her get out of prison and the two of them go another round of this i'd rather see that than continue on with one of 101 dalmatians yeah I, you know it's 
the making a murderer Disney style is a little tough to do. I don't need to see like Gaston get bullied as a kid or yeah. Ursula get kicked out of choir or whatever else they're going to do. <laughs> um, but who knows? I mean, this was still very good. I've clearly been proved wrong before. Yeah. But, um, you know, what's interesting about both of these movies, unless you have more to say on Cruella. Mm. And it's unnecessary fabrication. <laughs> it was dope, though. I will, I will so give good. it a like, man, the style. It's the I, Tanya director and the writer of The Devil Wears Prada. It's going to be cool. Yeah. The interesting thing with both of these movies in our double feature is that they're dealing with something all of Hollywood and, and as far back again as mythology and, and, and religion and every story we've told has done this sins of the father or mother. And we now have two movies this weekend in a, that are sequels and remakes that are also retreading on a theme that we have seen time and time again in that. In Cruella, you have kind of the inverse of The Empire Strikes Back. I'm your father. This changes our entire motivation for both of us. I went from wanting to kill you as Darth Vader to wanting you to join me to overthrow the Emperor. You've gone from wanting to stop me in the Empire to you can bring me back to the light side and you can show that people far gone can return. Normally, this is how you do it well. It changes the agency and the motivations of your characters. The reason I don't like it in Cruella is that it changes nothing. It, yeah. it, it, even in like Guardians of the Galaxy 2, when we find out Ego is the dad, but Yandu is the father, and then what biological and nature versus nurture gets in there, you get a much more of a catharsis in how those characters are. This is a movie where she wants revenge on somebody, finds out that that somebody killed her mom, finds out that she's her birth mother, and still wants and to continues kill. on wanting to kill her. Yeah, it's a it's weird because I, I think why the reason why they feel like it's a slightly different because it's, it's sort of a double reverse because she starts off even though the audience is well aware that that is who killed her mom because you can just see the way like like that's clearly who it is she is a character is in all of the baroness originally so she's like i am i am a fashion person who is trying to get a get on and i want to be in like her then she finds out so it's like a double reveal for her even though the audience is well in on the fact that like yeah that's the person you're going to want to kill yeah um, so it's she she earned she does she earns on the back end of like oh i love this person i want to be with him and then like wait a minute you you killed my mom wait you are my mom there's not enough of a third switch if you're going to do almost two reveals like that her her character didn't really have that again so i i see how that feels a little it's it just nothing. feels like an unnecessary bump because then right. it also does the like well, she was never going to be a talented fashion maker. She has to have could, the genetics of one. I would say, I say that the, 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 you could have ended the the revealing at her just saying, "Oh yeah, I killed your mom," and that'd been the end of it. But you don't get the like, "Oh, but you're bad because of blood." You're bad because of blood. This is where your talent comes from. Your right. ruthlessness. It's another. It's very Ray and Palpatine. We can't let these characters just, just be, be good at things. Right. It has to come from, which like is a very odd thing. It, it gets very like Greek mythology of you have, you're half God, you have abilities, you get back into ego and Chris Pratt's star Lord, you know, ego, the planet and Chris Pratt, the actor ego was <laughs> a great actor, but he was problematic. Uh, 
And it's a shame because it takes a lot of the other interesting, innovative parts of the movie and kind of puts them in the back for you to then focus on this weird moment that doesn't really raise the stakes. It doesn't challenge the character. If anything, it strengthens her resolve to become yeah. a murderer. I feel like she doubles down when she realizes that's her mind. Like, I'm really killing this. Well, Terrence, <laughs> she just was like, the baby's born, kill it. Kill it, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. She's earned it. She's earned it. But then, you know, you have in A Quiet Place too a very similar idea of well, you're very much like your father. And instead in this movie, we take this idea that we just cannot get away from. And instead we sort of flip it on its head. It is about this younger girl finding a new father figure, yeah. a male figure in her life, mm -hmm. whether or not you want to call him a father figure, because he doesn't do that much fathering. And yeah, well, he immediately yeah. gets compared to the father. Correct. You failed your family. You didn't do enough. You're nothing like him. And instead, we build on this other character's motivation to go, well, I'm not. You are. You're just like Look him. At yeah. all the good things you've done. Right. Which I think is a much better way of doing it because it's not like John Krasinski gifted her the ability to beat aliens. Right. It's much more like you learned the right lessons through all of his teachings. Right. I think that's really the way to do it to keep these kind of stories interesting because we're going to, if even if we don't keep remaking and rebooting ideas, we're going to keep being like, but the parents. Yeah. That's always going to be a part of it. Uh, the, the, the very sequence when he kind of gives her the pep talk and says, no, this is you just to see her face and saying, Oh my God, I am like, I, I'm honoring him. I am like him. Crap. I mean, I Terrence, like, yeah. We could do a whole podcast on this. I just realized Spiral comes down to the dad relationship. Mortal Kombat comes down to a lineage relationship. <laughs> That's true. I think those are the only two episodes we've done this year. Since we've been back, yeah. Uh, it's all it's all about family. It's And then, of course, Fast 9 is definitely- Here it comes. <laughs> it's all about to be about family. <laughs> Luckily, we haven't dealt with Vin Diesel's dad. It's just yeah. going to be his brother. Mouse's brother, yeah. <laughs> So it's very interesting because I feel like we need to do more of A Quiet Place too, where it's just kind of baked in the DNA and less of a shocking, because you know, we Empire Strikes backed it in A Quiet Place and then we did it in Cruella and A Quiet Place 2 did it better. Yes. If we're going to do it one way. Yeah. You're not James Earl Jones and he's not Mark Hamill leaning over Bespin with one arm cut off. You're I, a fashion yeah. mogul in a mansion being told the rich woman... You're that you actually get everything. I think that I think why it, it feels a little bit the movie Cruella would have been fine. We would have still loved Baroness because she was still just an asshole to, 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 to Estella. We would have still loved her regardless if she was her birth mother or not. Like that is an irrelevant fact. You could have just made the birth dad been the Baron and him had an affair. Right. And that's why. Yeah. I, uh... <laughs> I'm not here to script Doctor like the didn't movie. I really enjoyed her. it. I, I really loved it, but you did not need to have her be that for this film to still work on all the levels that it does. No, it's just, it's a very interesting thing that really made a pattern in Hollywood stand out to me of, of we're just going to keep doing it. We're about to do it in Black Widow. We're going to go meet her family. Correct. I'm sure there's going to be some twist with Shang-Chi's like, dad. I'm really, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's always going to be that, but it, it's an, 
I won't say it's an easy way out, but it's a, definitely a way that like it's, it's been it's, tried and true. Yeah. So they're like, oh, we're just going to keep going to this because we know this works. So we're going to we're going to go over here. Right. And, and not think about this too much. But hey, two movies came out. Mm. Let's talk some numbers. Yeah. Because I have a lot of them today. <laughs> Uh, one of the ways that we determine if you're new listeners as to whether or not these movies are necessary is if they did what my movies were made to do, which is entertain and also make money. Make that move And, uh, you know, I want to say we're back and we are back, but we're not that back. It's, it's, it's on the cusp. It's we'll the start cusp. with A Quiet Place 2's domestic opening, four days. Memorial Day weekend slid in there. 3,726 theaters, the second widest release. Both Mortal Kombat and Godzilla came in around 2,000 theaters. I couldn't find the exact numbers, but it was not quite 3K. No. $47 million, right behind A Quiet Place 1 at 50 million, which was released in 3,508 theaters. So you had more theaters, but 50% capacity. Right, so the capacity split, yeah. We got to start knowing those seats. Yeah, so we need to know those seat numbers because I, I feel like, I do think that if, even if this was up to wherever the whole country was at at least 50%, that number would, we would have gone up because I know a lot of these places, especially LA is like a 25 to 30%. Well, yeah, I mean, the movie was about to get a double feature re-release the week yeah. before everything shut down. I mean, right. we were really going to do this, but- Which that, this would work really well together. Yeah. But I mean, what a, a crushing opening for the pandemic. Oh, yeah. It, it, it skyrocketed AMC stocks. It skyrocketed enthusiasm to go back. We are seeing people re-engage in a way that we hadn't seen in a long time. That's, I think, a very successful story. The movie has, since its 47 million debut, made it up to 60. I'm sure it'll keep going. The reality is... Next week's big movie, The Conjuring 3, is also available on HBO Max. It's possible yeah. that we'll just see A Quiet Place Stay knock it out again. Yeah. There's not really much to compete with it that you yeah. cannot get elsewhere. We're now doing this with like video game release rules. What it's like, how did Doom and Animal Crossing sell the same? Well, there was only one place to get Animal There's Crossing. There's only one place, so they have to go to a theater to get it. With Truella, like the numbers aren't high, but I'm like, I can't really, I can't gauge that because there are a lot of families who are like, I'm just going to pluck open 30 bucks and watch The Crib. Yeah, that and brings like, us to Cruella, which yeah. unfortunately, you're right. Disney's not going to tell us those Disney Plus numbers. They're not. I want them to, and I think they should. I think now is a great time, although the narrative is that we're back. No one is really spinning this in a like, Quiet Place did good and Cruella didn't. What does it mean? No, they're sort of combining and saying, hey, as a whole, look, we're here. And I think that's what the industry, I think for once, we're not, for probably the next year, we're going to see the studios be a little less competitive and a little more satisfied with how everybody's doing. I mean, a little more of just like we all did it every we've all got to get everybody back you're going to have to when you're looking at stuff like uh in the heights and conjuring being released both in theaters and at home people are gonna be like well i don't need to go to a theater to see this because i can just watch this up in the comfort of my own home in my pajamas like i don't i'm not going to go to it and there's gonna be some people who have like us who have like the amc a list and they're like well i got it I, might I mean, Terrence, look, if I was in a household with two kids and a wife, I would have just got a Cruella at home. I would have just watched it at home, 100%. Like my family, like I was in Arizona for, this, for the holidays 
they sat around and was like, you want to watch Cruella? And I was like, they were like, yeah. And they was like, I'm just going to throw $30. It's five of us here. Let's watch it. And I was like, all right. They, they did. I didn't watch it then because I was doing other stuff. And I was like, well, I have AMC. So I've already sort of spent this. But like, you have options. And I think that's what's sort of going to be a sort of a hard way to judge the box office this year. Because I don't see that. Same with Black Widow. Black Widow's probably going to do well in the theaters. But you still have the option. It's just like, I'm just plus $30. I imagine eventually if, if Black Widow doesn't open comparatively to uh, some, to at least some Marvel movies, they're going like to have to show those numbers. Like the Ant-Man numbers should be, I, I would put those in sort of a comparison. Like that's sort of where Black Widow oh, I think it's going to do Maybe way, a little higher than that. Way better than ant I'm just putting everything this into place. This is a founding place. Avenger, Terrence. <laughs> I'm just putting everything into place with the tunnel or whatever percentage we're at. But at that point, though, we should be at 50%. But like that's sort of where I'm, why yeah. I'm saying it, that, that, that number. But if it's anywhere around that, I think Disney might come out. It's like, hey, we need to release these other numbers too because we can't take this L. Well, eventually you have to because when you look at these other numbers, Cruella opens at 28 million, 3,800 theaters. Beauty and the Beast is 174 million, <laughs> 30 in a 4,210 theater. So that's what that that's your widest release. I don't know yeah. though. Pacific theaters are gone. I don't. I don't know. Right. Jungle Book 103 million. Aladdin 191 million. The Lion King 91 million. All of these are in 4,000 plus theaters. So that's yeah. an advantage. Correct. All of these are full theaters without the option to go home and stream it. But I mean, that's that's, that's just huge. Now, look, do I think we're going to see opening numbers like that ever this year? No. I don't think so. I don't think Black Widow, Shang-Chi, The Eternals, Fast 9, I don't think any of them are going to pull it out that high. No. I could be wrong. I would love to be wrong. I would I, love I to sit here don't in a think... few weeks and be like, Vin Diesel brought him back. Yeah, it's a family. Um, I don't think any of these summer films are. I, I don't, because I feel like a lot of people are putting their foot back in the water. Like you and I were like, hey, rip the bandaid off. Let's get back in there. There's going to be a lot of people who are like, I'm not ready to go to a theater yet or to be in there with a, a lot of people yet. So it might be a while before. I don't think this summer season is going to have anything that gets to those type of numbers. But I do think Bond is in October. I think that might be one of the first films that sort of is like at that point we might be around the 60, 65% mark. And I think a lot of people might feel more comfortable like on October. I think it's the first week of October, like, hey, all right, Bond, I'll go, I'll go back for that. I could see that. It's yeah. the last Daniel Craig one. It is. It, it is. also is now the end of a non-Amazon Bond era. And Jim's like, we got it from here. Oh my Amazon's God. like, I got you. Yeah. So then the only other thing to compare this to, because clearly what we're seeing is that families might have stayed home, but people want to go see horror movies. Uh, surprise. I mean, I don't think, I mean, we've seen that throughout this whole pandemic is that the films that have always been released on VOD that just go gangbusters or like Scoob or like the family of it, Scoob and the family events and stuff. Cause they're like, well, I can be entertained my kid. And I'm a, it's a five. I mean, list. even Mortal Kombat, they said, did so well in HBO Max, it might get a sequel. So I, I am surprised that Disney hasn't really said mum about the They've Cruella on Disney Plus. Yeah. The only other thing to compare it to, which I just think is very interesting to talk about, it's not, it's quick. Do you remember 2019 Memorial Day weekend? No. Because I didn't, and I had to look it up. I also looked up 2020, which was less than a million, and nothing was out. Yeah. Nothing, nothing, nothing at all. I not mean, like, I don't even think there was like fun, like scoob on VOD. There was even nothing on. No, they were like, we're not even releasing anything. Nobody's at. They're all drunk. In, <laughs> in 2019, 
the last true Memorial Day before COVID. $213 million at the box office. So we almost quadrupled what we made this weekend. Okay. Aladdin opened. Brightburn opened. Oh, Smart opened. Oh, that's a good time. It's a one of those movies is great. Yeah, I love one of them is a remake of a movie I loved, and the third one is Brightburn. And the other one's Brightburn. (laughs) And still in theaters was Endgame. Pokemon Endgame was in, I believe, its fourth week. Pokemon Detective Pikachu in its third, and John Wick 3 in its second. Wow. That was a good time. Wow. Feels like ages ago, but I loved almost everything that you just named. Like that was even though I hated Brightburn, I still like I'm still at the theaters and this is I watched I, I was little... like, I saw a movie every day that right. weekend. That was amazing. <laughs> that was a good time. Oh, I missed that. Wow. I mean, it... the, I forgot what it was even like. I forgot for so long that for a year almost. We were just like, well, you know, Endgame's still in theater, so John Wick underperformed. Right. That that was literally the like, is this going to be the week that someone knocks out Avengers? Wow, that feels like so long ago. Centuries. <laughs> We've lived a lifetime since then. I was like, oh yeah, Pokemon feels like it came out five years ago. Wow, that is insane. But we're inching back, you know. We're getting there. We're getting there. It's going to be a weird year, though, with all these this hybrid, some theaters, some both, some not. Uh, Well, yeah, I mean, we just don't. There's still so many things we don't know. This might be a weekly show. Tomorrow, they might shut it it all down again. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows? But you know what you know, dear listener? You know to go leave us a review on iTunes. You know to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more reviews, trailer reactions, and whatnot. You know to subscribe on the podcast channel and stay tuned for our third Marvel miniseries, which will start next week, which I'm going to start calling Marvel Pair-Ups. This time it'll be Loki paired up with a time travel movie every week. How fun for us. Um, and of course there's also, you can't do that anymore on our podcast where we took at old problematic movies and whether or not you can do it. I also do. How do you figure about toy collecting? And that is it. I'm at as always Blake and Terrence is at Terrence Tatum. And we will see everybody next week for the conjuring three. I mean, look at this. I can now just do a schedule. You, you can we, make will, it. Right. we will see you next week for the conjuring three <laughs> in the middle of that week for the first episode of Loki the week after that for the Hitman's Wife Bodyguard, more episodes of Loki. We will end June with F9. We'll kick off July with The Forever Purge, followed by Black Widow, Space Jam 2, Cinderella, Snake Eyes, Jungle Cruise. In August, it's Suicide Squad, Don't Breathe 2, Candyman. In September, Shang-Chi, Venom, October, Dune, Bond, Jackass, Halloween Kills, The Eternals, Ghostbusters, Maverick, Resident Evil, West Side Story, Spider-Man No Way Home, and The Matrix. Can I say just as a movie just as a moviegoer, I got goosebumps with a lot of those titles you named. Remember last year, Terrence? (laughs) Are you ready to watch the same damn trailers a million more times? Remember we showed you Ghostbusters two years ago? Here we go. I don't. I don't. And I'm ready for more. And look, there's things that aren't even back on the table. Where did Morbius go? Or did Sony decide that that is a terrible movie to release right now? We have, in fact, watched this since the pandemic, and never mind. (laughs) I I don't think that's going to hit the same. 
that's our show guys we will be back with more hollywood already did it with more marvel parables with more you can't do that anymore so stay with us later